Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. Recently, I think we've all seen that investing is a hot topic right now. We hear about it constantly in the news, from our friends, on social media. It, re- it really is everywhere, which is great. And it's creating a lot of interest around something we should all be doing. But it does lead to a lot of questions. And so there was a question I actually got an email from a listener that I thought would be great to tackle on today's episode to help them out and maybe help some of you listening. And to help me answer this question, I'm bringing on one of my all-time favorite guest, my investment resource whenever I have something I want to talk about here on the show, joined by Caleb Silver, the editor-in-chief of Investopedia.com. Caleb, how are you doing? Great. So good to be with you. You know I love being on Popcorn Finance, so thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking some time to join me because whenever I get one of these questions, like you're the perfect person to tackle this with. So uh, this question came in from Regina and she wrote, I was wondering if we could or if we could discuss meeting me and you (laughs) the hidden cost of mutual funds and those financial companies and financial advisors that sell them. So I thought it'd be good to break this into two episodes here just because there's, there's, there's a good amount to cover on these two topics. And I wanted to first focus on mutual funds and those fees that could be associated with them that we might not even see or or aware that are there. So just to start off, in case anyone's not familiar with the term mutual fund, would you mind kind of breaking that down for us and letting us know what a mutual fund is? Sure, I'm happy to. A mutual fund is basically a basket of securities that you can invest in where you don't have to pick the individual securities, whether those are stocks, bonds, commodities, even crypto has mutual funds these days. So you can buy the basket or buy the fund and get exposure to all the assets in it versus just picking your own individual securities, whether they're stocks or or other securities. One of my favorite ways to invest because it's just simple. It's just so much simpler than going through and trying to pick individual stocks. And so now that we know what you know a mutual fund is, what are some of the fees that are associated with them? And could some of these actually be hidden or hard to find like Regina mentioned in her question? Yeah, I would say they're hidden, but they definitely have to disclose them. All mutual fund providers and brokerage firms have to disclose their fees, but they make that print so fine that you need an extra special (laughs) pair of glasses just to find it, or you need to know where to look. But the important thing to know, Regina, and all your listeners out there, is that mutual funds do come with fees, and that's because they usually are brought to you by a brokerage firm or an asset manager, and they got to get paid for bringing those funds to you. So there's two types of fees that you want to look for. You got management fees, and those include the cost for paying the mutual fund managers to actually pick the stocks, if we're talking about stock mutual funds, and manage the portfolio, make sure there's the right amount and balance it out all the time. And then you have what were called 12B1 fees. And uh, uh, retail investors probably aren't that familiar with that. But if you watch any sports on TV and you see your mutual fund company advertising its mutual funds to you, those are advertising fees and marketing fees. Usually those are capped at around 1%, but they're called 12B1. And that is really the cost of marketing. And as you know, the financial industry, spends a lot of money on marketing their products and services. Sometimes there's other expenses on the management side, and those are custodial fees, legal fees, accounting fees, transfer agent fees. Those don't amount to much, but if you add them all together, they do end up taking a little bit out of your returns. And then there's the other part of this, the shareholder or the sales fees. Those are also part of what you're going to be paying. And those are the sales loads. Those are commissions you pay when you buy or sell a mutual fund. Redemption fees. Those are the fees that a fund may charge you when you sell your position in the mutual fund. An exchange fee. You'll see that sometimes. These are fees that uh, funds charge shareholders if they exchange or transfer shares to another fund offered by the same company and account fees. Just like you get an account fee on your cell phone bill, you'll get an account fee if you own a mutual fund. All in mutual funds, uh, if you look at 
pretty closely. They'll charge anywhere from 1% to about 2 to 3% in total. And that's important to look at because that ends up coming out of your returns. You have to think that that's coming right out. If you're going to sell that mutual fund, that money is basically out the door. So, okay. So I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, their head is spinning now with all these different fees that are kind of piled into a mutual fund. How does this affect them in their real lives? So I'm sure most people, when they're investing in mutual funds, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, they're doing it through like a work retirement plan or like an IRA. How does this impact them, this long list of fees you just mentioned? Yeah, well, they won't notice it because they're just watching the returns on their fund. Remember, mutual funds aren't like stocks in that they don't trade every second of the trading day. They price once a day in what we call the NAV. You get one price a day. But throughout the course of the day, the price of that fund is going up and down. So you won't feel it if you're just looking at your portfolio. But if you sell that mutual fund, if you decide to switch mutual funds within your 401k or your IRA or your Roth IRA, wherever you have those stored, then you're going to feel that fee on the sale side and you're going to get taxed when you do sell out of your mutual fund or transfer it. So you don't feel it until you do something about it, but know that if your return on a mutual fund, let's say is 100%, if you had a great year in a mutual fund, you're given those fees, your return is actually somewhere around 98% before taxes. You're listening to this podcast because you want to make better decisions about your money. But one area of our finances that most of us neglect is what happens after we die. If you have children or pets, own property, or want to decide how you're cared for in a medical emergency, you need a will or a trust no matter how old you are. I'm always looking for solutions to help make tackling these financial tasks easier. And that is why I decided to partner with Trust and Will. At trustandwill.com, for as little as $39, you can nominate guardians for your children, determine who gets your stuff, and plan for future medical care in as little as 15 minutes. And you get 10% off plus free shipping by visiting trustandwill.com slash popcorn, or just go and click the link in the show notes. And as always, I like to use anything before I recommend it here on the podcast. It's, that's always very important to me. And I was able to take a super short quiz on trustandwill.com to determine what type of document I would need. And they walk me through the entire process step by step. Did you know that if you die without a will or trust, each state has its own set of rules for how your assets are handled? They'll actually go in and freeze all of your assets until every detail is sorted out. And then the courts get to decide who gets your money and you have no say at that point. And so that's why it is so important to create a plan on your own terms. Trust and will documents are designed by estate planning experts and customized for the state you live in. And with live customer support seven days a week, trustandwill.com's team is available to answer any questions you have while setting up your plan. So to gain peace of mind and finally set up that will or trust you've been thinking about, head to trustandwill.com slash popcorn and get 10% off plus free shipping of your customized legal documents. Again, that's trustandwill.com slash popcorn. So how concerned should they be, right? Like if we're seeing, we know these fees exist, we're seeing there's a, a good list of them and you said it can range anywhere from one to over 2%. What should we be mindful of as investors, especially long-term investors investing for retirement who want to, to do this right, but then also you know don't want to get too overwhelmed with this whole process? How should we be thinking about all of this? 
Well, all mutual funds basically come with fees and there's competition within the industry to lower those fees as low as possible and then advertise that, hey, we have the lowest fund fees out there. And you'll see that if you look at a lot of uh, financial services, TV advertising, but you won't notice it too much as an investor because you're looking for basically a safe, diversified place to put your money in. That's what a mutual fund is. And if it's an actively managed fund, if you're paying a fund manager to actually pick those stocks and balance that fund out and make sure that they're picking the right stocks and rotating at the right time of year. Year, hey, that should cost some money. They're doing the work out there. It's not that much in total. Again, it's about 1% to about 2 to 3% in total, not each one of these fees. So you'll feel it a little bit. The more money you have, the more you're going to feel it. In general, though, this is what you're paying for, the management of those mutual funds. There's other ways to, to invest in the market in a diversified way. If you want to buy exchange-traded funds, we've talked about this on Popcorn Finance before. These are ETFs. They trade like stocks. They usually uh, have much, much lower fees than mutual funds. And some don't even have any fees at all. And there's a lot of competition in online brokers to bring those fees as low as possible. You don't feel it too much until you sell. And if you have a lot of money in your mutual funds, well, that's a big percentage. And that's why uh, there's a lot of passive mutual funds out there that don't have those expenses to manage the fund. Those are kind of passively managed. They track indexes like the S&P 500. You're not asking a stock picker to pick the right stocks in the sector. You're just kind of going along for the ride with the market. Those are much cheaper. Uh, God. I guess it shows the importance of index funds and how how much more affordable they are when you're looking at fees overall and and the part they play in your in your investment portfolio. And then also too, like you mentioning, there's all these people working behind the scenes that we don't think of when it comes to these mutual funds because there's someone there. There's I mean, there's a team of people there really managing these things, checking in on them, doing their analysis that all have to be paid because they're doing a real job. Absolutely. They are doing the work of managing the fund and making sure that portfolio is as optimized as possible for the best returns. The tricky part is beating the passive funds or beating the stock market. But if you find a good mutual fund that is able to do that, and it's easy to look at ratings for mutual funds and track records, so many websites offer that for free, you can decide which one is rated the highest, which one has the best returns over time. You're not guaranteed to get those in the in the future. But if you look at the track record, just like if you're picking horses or picking teams, you can see where the fees are are, how that fund is rated, what the performance is, and what's inside that fund. Most importantly, you want to make sure you know what you own. So you don't want to blindly just buy mutual funds. You want to look inside there and say, I like the stocks that comprise this mutual fund, or I like the securities that build this mutual fund, and I like the management, and I like their track record. In that case, the fees might be worth it. In other cases, you might not be that excited about it. And it's been harder and harder for active fund managers to beat the stock market because the stock market's been up for the past two or three years. Mm. Thank you so much for breaking this down. Like, I think this makes it a lot clearer. And Regina, I hope this answers your question. I, I, it sounds like it answers it to me. Uh, but if you have any other questions, please feel free to reach out. And before we get out of here, Caleb, if they want to reach out to you and the great resources you have over at Investopedia, what's the best way to do that? Well, come right in the front door, investopedia.com. But we are on all the social media platforms. We're on TikTok giving some investing lessons. We're on Instagram, of course, and Twitter. But come right in. You can really find anything you want when it comes to investing, especially in mutual funds or ETFs on Investopedia.com or reach out directly, DM me or find my uh, email address that's on the Investopedia.com website. But it's always a pleasure to be with you, Chris. No, thank you so much, Caleb. Investopedia is by far one of my favorite resources. I'm not saying that he's not paying me to say that. <laughs> I'd say it because I've been using it since college and it's really just a great place to go. If you have a question, you, you want to look something up, it's quick, easy. And I think pretty much any investment question I've ever wanted to know, there's been an answer on Investor Media. So uh, I appreciate you what you all do over there. Thank you. And I'm going to charge you a small fee for that, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. And looking forward to having you back on to discuss the next part of this question. I look forward to it. 
Thanks to all of you for coming back and joining me here for another episode. And thanks to Regina, who sent in the really nice email that spurred today's conversation. You can be like Regina and send me an email to questions at popcornfinance.com or reach out to me on Instagram at Popcorn Finance Podcast, which is where I pulled today's kernel from. Today's kernel is going out to Mackenzie. She sent me a very kind message on Instagram and we had a quick conversation about building credit for kids. So Mackenzie, thanks so much for the kind message and for reaching out. So be like Mackenzie and join me over on Instagram and also come over and join me on YouTube. I've been putting more videos together and posting them there about all types of different topics. So come over, look for Popcorn Finance Podcast. So as always, I appreciate you joining me here for another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.